Hey, welcome to the Empty Glass Podcast. This is Stefan. This is Matt. What's up, dude? What's up? Uh, so straight out the bat, and this is more for people listening later, I think Stefan will put a thing there. Yeah, you did. Uh, this is going to be a super fucking heavy the Batman movie spoilers. Uh, Stefan has finally watched it. It's been out for four weeks, I think, at this point. Uh, eventually, at some point, we're going to be spoiling the shit out of this. So That's right, like heavily. Yeah, so turn off the gosh dang podcast if that's going to be a problem for you. If not, well, bitch to yourselves because we don't really care. Yeah, um, I don't really have that many topics today, and I called Matt before the podcast and was like, you know, just setting up stuff, and he was like, well, I told him, I was like, well, today I guess we'll talk about Batman, he's like, good, because I didn't really have anything else, and I was like, it's the same thing that's on, that's that's like the same deal here for me, so um, this is kind of like the Batman podcast, so this is the, the Batman podcast, so um, if you guys haven't seen it yet or you don't want it spoiled... Unfortunately, this whole episode is probably not for you. I was thinking about leaving Batman stuff for later in the episode if Matt had stuff to talk about, but um, I don't. No, know. I I really don't have much, and I think four I think four weeks time is enough time to uh, give people space to watch it. I mean, fucking, there are viewers and podcasters and whatever that will start spoiling shit immediately, and don't even get me started about you know social media like Twitter and Instagram where they're posting spoilers or posting like oh my god look at what batman did this the movie it's like or the fucking you know the spider-man no way home was a good example of that like immediately started spoiling shit it's like can you people shut the fuck up and they're like oh well it's been like a week since the movie came out like i could post whatever i want it's like no you don't have to chase clout like that you can just not fucking post anything and just let people watch the movie when they watch the movie it's like do you really get anything out of seeing Tobey Maguire, Andrew McGarfield? Yes, I know I said Andrew McGarfield and Tom Holland all sitting together other than just fucking clout chasing. No, you don't. So shut the fuck up. Stop spoiling shit and move on with your life. Uh, and well, uh, on to spoiling shit and moving on with our lives. Um, let's talk about Batman, man. Um, I've seen it twice. You've seen it twice. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I saw it once. I really liked it in New York. And then uh, our friend Jared had not seen it. And uh, we were going to be hanging out with another friend, Taylor, who had seen it. So in order for us all three to talk about it, I suggested we go watch it again. I. It's one of those movies where if you're paying attention, you don't really miss anything. So I didn't really get anything rewarded a second time, but I really enjoyed the movie. And did not mind sitting through it a second time. But you, before we started the podcast, sound like you and your girlfriend Rose had a uh, had been exhausted a little bit by it. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was just thinking <laughs> a fun a fun way of. Oh my bad. I'm sorry. I'm trying to share the the fucking stream. So if you heard it kind of bleed into the mic, I'm sorry. But um, no, no, no. I mean, no, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying it like wiped us out. I didn't say whether or not it did it in a good way or a bad way. But right. maybe an interesting way of doing this would be to say what we liked about the movie first or what we thought the movie did well. And then I'll go into a few gripes because I definitely do have a few about the movie. So I actually have very, very few gripes about it. In fact, the one major gripe I have was actually kind of rectified today about it. Um for the most part, I thought it was just legit a Batman comic ripped 
straight to the screen. Not in a bad way, like in a good way. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it for the most part. Um, so it, it's really up to you, honestly. If you have more gripes or about it, then please go right ahead. I will, I will talk to you about it. Well, the things I think the movie did well was that it made Batman kind of scary. Um, I did enjoy how, um, you know, he, when he would come up out of the shadows to beat people up and stuff, like they would use horror themes or like horror sound effects or things that you would normally associate with a horror movie, but for Batman. And I thought that was, that was really cool. The music wasn't super standout-ish for me, but when it did hit like the, you know, the main major motif, I didn't really pick up on the themes being interweaved unless like I'm just listening to the theme by itself. But those weren't things I like obviously picked up on during the movie. Um, not as strong as like an obvious motif callback, like in the Spider-Man movies where they would play like, you know, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man theme and they played these other things. Like, I don't feel like that was quite as obvious, but, um, I, I loved like the, the action scenes, like the hand to hand combat, I think was really where it was at its strongest, uh, with Batman and the action. Um, and I don't know. I do like Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson under the Batman suit, man. Pattinson wins for sure. Like I didn't know how I was gonna feel about him, and then when I like when he was actually doing Batman, it was great. Um, so real quick, wait, real quick before we move on from the score, let's let's kind of do this in segments here. Uh, the score, I, we talked about it a little bit lightly. I don't recall if it was the last episode or the episode before, but we did talk about how it does some nods to both the Burton and uh, Nolan movies, th- their scores, but it's really only in the main theme. And that part of it was only really played. If I recall during the funeral part of the movie, the main part, the bomb, 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 like that's played throughout the entire movie, but that one is its own solid uh, original piece that, that alone doesn't have any, motifs to the old stuff so i do appreciate that to an extent and i as much as i actually do like it i think maybe it may have been played just a tad bit more than i like especially since it is so simple and repetitive like it it was played quite a bit during the movie but that's not really a negative of my end that's more of a neutral thing of like okay it was certainly played a lot i agree um the it wasn't quite as like in, in your face as I feel like it could have been musically um, or, you know, like as in the mix, I guess I should say, I feel like that they prioritized voiceover or, you know, they prioritized other things over the, having music be forefront in the, in the mix. And that's okay. Like a lot of movies do that and they make that choice. But, um, yeah. but I would probably give the movie like a solid 7.5. Uh, I mean, I really enjoyed it, but I'm a big Batman fan. Uh, this movie certainly like, kind of similar to our podcast over the Joker, where I said there's a lot of rewarding stuff for people that know the mythology of Batman. I read a lot of Batman comics, and I just like Batman as a whole, so this movie was very rewarding to me as a fan. Um, and I, I think Robert Pattinson deserves a good amount of praise for the fact that he is in that Batman suit more than he is not in the Batman suit compared to most Batman actors. He is pretty much in that suit the entire time, which is 
difficult to find for a lot of well not I, I think nowadays it's kind of loosening up but for a lot of actors you know they sell their work on their face so it's hard for them to just cover themselves up for the majority of a movie so I, I think he does deserve a bit of praise for being in that suit as much as he is no absolutely um, I would agree with that um, I wouldn't say that I give it a 7.5 because it wasn't everything I was expecting it to be it was just kind of silly in ways I didn't expect it to be. It was a completely different movie than what I had predetermined in my head and from what people were telling me. Um, I took it as like a kind of nineties grunge movie, honestly. Um, it, it reminded me a lot of the crow. And I think I mentioned it last week where I felt maybe the director was doing a little bit of nods to that, especially with the guys he beats up at the very beginning. They have makeup very similar to the crow it's, I mean, it definitely has a 90s grudge feel to it. And I, I think that's no, no. a bit of the charm to it. The vibe was good. Here's what I didn't quite enjoy. I, I felt like the movie was kind of a wasted opportunity for the time it was given. I would have liked to see riddles solved over time and see them be difficult. Like it kind of ticked me off more than kind of ticked me off that every time every it's like the same scene eight times throughout the movie where Jim Gordon, you know, finds a fucking clue from the Riddler and Batman just immediately knows what it is. There's no time for the audience to be like, maybe it's this or maybe it's that or have them. And it started that way with the first murder. I was like, okay, this movie's going to be crazy. I was scared of Paul Dano. I was like, that's weird. That's that's really creepy and gross. Like Batman's kind of taking it far now, you know, as far as a Batman movie goes. This is very murdery and very horror movie like. And it took them a while to de- decipher the very first clue. That's like when I don't know. Um, so Bruce Wayne's being kind of edgy to to Alfred, and Alfred like goes and solves this first clue, and I'm like, okay, this is interesting more of this please and then that just kind of never happens again they just automatically know the answer batman automatically figures out these riddles and it just kind of felt like i wish they would have used that three hour runtime to put batman on like a wild goose chase or maybe even chase after people you know different people in the city now what it could have should have they it's a good plot don't get me wrong but it felt a little anticlimactic there at the end where Paul Dano's like singing and stuff. I was just kind of like, man, I'm not, I'm losing it for you. Like you, you had me going. And I really think Paul Dano, like an interesting way to take the story would have been if Paul Dano did, or the Riddler in this case, did know that Batman was Bruce Wayne and people just didn't believe him because he's crazy. So, okay. And I'm, I'm trying, I'm going to be trying really hard to, not take over this entire podcast because you know like i said big batman fan i can absolutely dominate this fucking podcast with my opinions and shit um but what one thing i really liked about this batman movie which is also going to tie into what you were just saying was the very very subtle nods that he is very new to the job even after two years um one of which, because you said like wild goose chase, but that's exactly what the whole penguin chase was uh, with the Batmobile. Okay, that it, was another. That was another scene that I thought I was gonna love, but I'll get there in a bit. Right. Oh man, there's a lot. I feel like there's a lot of contention points for the two of us at this point. But uh, 
which is not not bad. It's just you know focusing in at one point at a time. Um, but no, there were parts that he missed, like the El Rata Elata. Uh, he misunderstood that because once again yeah, he was, is new to the job. The whole you know get the audience in and trying to figure it out. I I get that you know trying to make it a who done it situation, but it's these are heightened characters like Batman and the Riddler are supposed to be kind of next level people, so I can kind of forgive it. Um, I do really appreciate how this movie felt like an R rated movie, even though it wasn't like what you're saying with the whole opening. Yeah. Um, in fact, what was pretty funny is the second time I was watching it with our friend Jared, uh, there was a really loud, annoying kid behind us uh that was making a lot of noise and within the first five minutes of the fucking head bashing scene his grandparents i'm assuming just immediately took him out and never came back they're like oh goodness we weren't expecting this because it is it is filmed like an r-rated movie and has a lot of subject matter um in fact even the whole like thumb drive situation they blur out the thumb but it's it feels gritty it feels like a dark movie it feels like a thriller you know, totally. the, other ba- totally. the other Batman movies, you know, when you said horror, I don't think horror is the right word for it, but I do think thriller is a good word for it because it is in the nod of like Zodiac, it is in the nod of Seven, you know, as Rob was saying last week, Frosty Rob, check him out. Um, but the, the previous Batman movies are definitely more action. This is an action too, but I, I think the thriller aspect was really refreshing for this movie. Absolutely. Um, the, the car chase... That was way too much movie physics for me, man. And the fact that, like, literally thousands of people fucking died in that car chase and was never talked about (laughs) felt so ridiculous to me. Okay, so you're going to make Batman have a weird squirrel suit because I was so hyped for that scene. And then he, like, inflate, he turns into an inflatable flailing arm and flailing arm flailing tube man and, like, turns into the marshmallow man and flies. And I'm like, okay. So like they're trying to be more realistic. And well, they pull okay. shit and then they pull shit like that car scene with the most ridiculous movie physics either and I'm like I can't I'm sorry but I I don't get I do get the realism aspect as far as like the killer goes, the subject matter. It's a lot darker. Yeah, that gives it like a form of realism, but to this day I don't feel like it vibed as hard to me on that realism aspect as something like, like, well, the dark Knight. Right. When people say that this movie was more realistic, I disagree with that sentiment. I think the dark Knight is more, not just in the universe, but like, well, yeah, actually the entire movie is more set in the world of realism. So the fact that people are saying this new Batman is more realistic is false. In my opinion, it's more gritty. That's the proper word for it. It's more gritty. It's more dark, which that's fine. But more realistic is something I kind of disagree yeah, with. I People were um, telling me it was very like Zodiac killer. Like, and I was like, no, it isn't. It definitely isn't. It's its well, own I, thing. It's, it has its own vibe and I did catch it. And I thought it was good. And the three hour long time only kind of started bothering me near the end where I was just like, this is dragging, you know, like I just kind of felt that feeling of a movie dragging and some movies do it to me. Some movies don't, um, uh, I won't take away points from the movie for it doing that, but I will take away points in the in the sense that I didn't feel 
like Paul Dano, I felt like Paul Dano held back. Like after they used that thriller aspect intro, they're like, all right, too violent. We can't, we got to pedal it back for the rest of the movie. We can't be that violent anymore or we're going to lose our PG 13 rating. And um, that's I disagree kind of, because that's kind of like the vibe I caught for sure. I disagree because they had the whole rat scene, which is basically jigsaw in a fucking Batman movie. And then they also blew up a man who drove his car into the funeral home. So Slight disagree on that end because I, I feel like they did maintain that throughout the movie. But I what I I'm like it, it's it, it didn't that that's one aspect of of my thing. I, I'm really my main thing is like he felt I felt like I was trying not to laugh. Like especially when he sang Ave Maria and his suit looked like fucking shit. It looked like duct tape and a trash bag. And they're like that's the Riddler now. And I don't know. I just felt like he could have been more fun or more scary to Bruce. And, and, and like I said before, in earlier, earlier in this podcast, it would have been interesting if, if the Riddler knew that Batman was Bruce Wayne, but it was either too crazy to, to, for people to believe him or too crazy to even tell people because it was his ace in, in the hole. And it, it would have been interesting. I think to see the Riddler lose his shit on Batman, not Batman banging up against the glass. You know, well, here's the thing. Like that was a little ridiculous. Here's the thing. And don't make, I'm going to go ahead and say this now. I can totally understand why someone would not like this movie. I'm not saying you're in that category. I'm just saying I can totally understand why someone wouldn't like it. Just put, I, this movie was made for big, big old Batman nerds like myself. So I can't help, but you know, like it. But with, Paul Dano's thing, because what you're referring to is when he is Paul Dano's finally captured and he's having the interview or the interrogation, whatever, with Batman. He's saying Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne, whatever. I think it's ambiguous. Honestly, I do. Uh, I think there's a chance he may, in fact, know who Batman is, uh, just as much as there's a chance that he may not know who Batman is. And that ambiguity is actually very refreshing. I, I didn't take it as cut and dry that he did or did not know because he could have just switched topics to kind of fuck with them or just switch topics because he just legit didn't piece it together. Either or worked for me. Um, and then I did want to go back to the the squirrel suit scene. Wait, because wait, that before, was before we go to back to the squirrel suit scene, since we're on the interrogation scene. Mm hmm. I wanted to mention just how fucking jarring it was going from finding the rat all the big deal, the guy getting killed and then, you know, him murdering this guy and then going to the coffee shop next door, which is obviously like part of his plan. But it was just like, for what? So he could talk to Batman and be like, now I'm going to blow up all these ships and cause a flood that I'm sorry. The flood didn't seem that like crazy. Batman goes to beckon people out from the wreckage and they all just kind of walk out by themselves (laughs) and follow him. No one felt injured. No one felt like it it felt like they decided to make Batman feel like he was new at the job sometimes. And then other, and then they wanted to add realism sometimes. It was, it felt like a cherry picking type situation for me where it was like, they decided to be realistic and edgy and dark in just a few ways, but not be consistent with that. Like that's what threw me off so much about this movie but the interrogation scene felt completely unwarranted. It's like, okay, so he, he did all of this for what? Just so he can try to 
try to flood the city, you know, like I guess. Now, okay, hold okay. on. That's hold on. No, no, no. That's not fair because at least the Riddler's plan made more sense than Heath Ledger's fucking plan in The Dark Knight. It was directed why? better in The Dark Knight. Why it does. It, why is it, why does it make more sense? No, in in the sense of like the possibility of like what could happen. I mean, in The Dark Knight, the yeah. Joker planned on getting caught, planned on having the bomb in the guy, planned on get capturing the guy from Hong Kong and shit like that. Like when you, like I said, this is where, you know, story you're, versus you're good saying, director comes in. Hold on. This is where story versus good director comes in, where the dark Knight was directed better. So you're more likely to, you know, look over it and stuff like that. Where in the Batman, the Riddler's plan generally made more sense for him, for his character. He, in his twisted mind, he thought he and Batman were partners or whatever. So he wanted to meet Batman and be safe from the flooding, whatever bullshit. But it's, you know, after a three hour gap, you're getting burnt out. And then it just, that was, I'll admit that wasn't done super well. I'm not fully defending this movie, but it's, you know, you're, you're kind of phrasing it like it was convoluted. Whereas Heath Ledger's plan in the dark Knight was absolutely more convoluted. Uh, his was more convoluted. Yes. Paul Dano's plan is more feasible and more realistic in the way that somebody could do what Paul Dano did now, but it wasn't as fun and it didn't feel as Batman y to me. Now, I'm not as big of a comic book guy for sure. I'm not, I know I'm not a Superman Batman or a super Batman fan um, like you are, but I, I just call it as I, as I see it. And even though, yeah, the Joker, it's like he just does it because he's crazy. Well, at least that's the explanation. He's just crazy, you know? And like, I know that. It's like Robbie saying in the Robbie said it in the chat just now. He said the Riddler's plan was to exploit politicians and show people how pro, how promising things actually doesn't work out. It's all lies, and it's kind of like our society today. I liked that. I'm just saying it. It felt like wasted opportunity or just weird misdirection in in ways where I felt like if you're gonna have this opportunity to kind of remake Batman you could have touched on some more things or you could have kind of kept the, the consistency going in your vibe, in your flow. Um, so, and I, and I don't know, it's just one of those things where I do need to watch it again. Um, I'm sure they'll address a lot of these things in the sequel, but as far as I'm concerned, it's like I was really hyped up for this movie and then it ended up just kind of being like, um, you know, it's okay. Like I said, I give it like a seven and a half. It was good. See, like, um, you know, I said I'm Robert, a big Batman. I know it's not a remake, but it's a new, it's a reboot. Well, the thing is, is like, I did say I'm a big Batman fan of the comics, and that that is true. I like Batman just in general. But I am able to disassociate between a satisfying movie and a good representation of Batman. That's why I don't like, you know, the Joel Schumacher and the Zack Snyder Batmans, but I do like the Tim Burton this current Batman, the Nolan Batman, and also the Adam West Batman. Like it's oh yeah, it's I'm all with you. So I'm not I'm not blinded by fandom. I do want to put that on the record. Um, and I do think you're like I said, I can understand why people don't like these movies and stuff. Um, to go back to the car, okay. So first of all, I wanted to say that my favorite, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is the part where he's running from the police and then activates the squirrel suit. Because this goes back to me saying that they do a very subtle way of because not it wasn't really shown in previous Batman movies. I mean, Batman Begins is kind of a cop out because it does show like everything about his beginning. But 
um, this movie does a really good job of showing that he's still very amateurs to the job. I mean, just the few seconds of him running to the roof and then looking down, freaked out from the height, was a very nice touch to show that he is not the Batman that, you know, even for our background on our podcast, that is used to being on rooftops. You know, this is a guy who doesn't have the best equipment in the world, the squirrel suit. Like, you know, in a sequel, he could have the Christian Bale glide suit. But I mean, he has the squirrel suit and then he fucks up and like crashes and burns five seconds later. It's, it's, it does, because he said it, he, one second he is amateurish, next second he's not. I, I think it does a good job of showing that he is pretty much, he's Batman, like from the get go, but he's not fully used to it. He's, he hasn't dealt with like the Riddler for a long time. He hasn't dealt with all of his gadgets for a long time. Uh, and I, in fact, to go on to another thing, he's not even used to being Bruce Wayne. He's not used to uh, showing that Bruce Wayne can do something for Gotham. Uh, big criticism I heard from other people is like, oh, there's no Bruce Wayne performance. It's when he's out of the costume, he's still Batman. It's like, yeah, because he is Batman. That's in every movie. Like, he is always Batman and Bruce Wayne is the, like, disguise. They even flatly say it in some movies because when he comes back to Gotham, all he wants to do is be Batman. He doesn't learn until later on that being Bruce Wayne can actually help people. So he doesn't develop that kind of playboy persona until much later in most of the comics. So I I appreciated that. I never had a gripe with um, the Batman performance or, or that. I just it's just it's like the nuances of the movie, like the scenes that I thought were going to grab me the most ended up being the most disappointing scenes for me. Um, the squirrel suit. Yeah, it was cool how he was scared of it but I was fully expecting to see him just open his cape and fucking fly. I don't know who in the studio was like, he needs to have a squirrel suit. That sounds like your problem with your perception of the movie, not the movie's fault. <laughs> I don't know. Why wouldn't it be the movie's fault? Batman's always flown using his capes. You know, not, his, he opens well, his cape and he flies. That's what Batman why? does. That's like saying, I don't know. It's, it's kind of like, I can understand how it's a gripe similar to that of being like, well, Spider-Man with web shooters isn't real Spider-Man. That is nope. a Nolan thing, though. That is absolutely a Nolan and Arkham Knight thing. The whole gliding with the bat, with the wings, whatever, is a very new thing. That's like I, even I in just, Sam Burton. That's vibe it, I vibe it harder. I feel like I feel like that just is more iconic, you know. And it, if we're gonna make a Batman movie, I would have liked. I would have preferred that. Yeah, it's a small gripe, but you know, it's it's like he we're gonna give him a squirrel suit to fly because that's the more realistic thing to do, but then we're gonna blow up thousands on the highway and never talk about all those innocent civilians that Batman killed. Like I keep saying person. Like I keep saying, I don't think this movie's trying to be more re realistic. I think it's just trying to be more gritty and show the fact that he's new. Like I said, there's a very strong chance that eventually he will have that cape that allows him to glide and shit. Because he also has, you know, the, yeah, at one point he fucking dual hands the grappling hooks and hooks people up and stuff like that. I, I don't think this movie is the most realistic depiction of Batman, and that's fine. I'm just saying that this movie is trying to show that he is new to the job. He walks around with a fucking flashlight rather than, like, you know, whatever detective bullshit that having can be used eyeballs, to art. Having the eyeballs in his mask or whatever, right? Um, no, yeah, yeah, for sure. But I'm just saying, like, it, it felt weird. Like it, it felt like they made weird choices with this film. I, um, I felt like it was, it was everything happened kind of in circles. It was like the Riddler makes a, makes a ploy. Jim and Batman talk about it. Batman immediately fiddle, finds the riddle out and they either save the person who he's going to kill next or they don't. And, uh, 
I don't know. I didn't feel any chemistry between Zoe Kravitz and Robert Pattinson. I didn't feel any chemistry in the Batwoman situation or the Catwoman situation. My bad. And um, I don't know. I felt like it was a little on the nose at times. Like, yeah, they pointed out a lot of things about social injustices, but I I still believe that there are better ways to do that. And they were a little on the nose in 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 certain ways. And I just felt okay. Like, Hold on. If we're going to proceed with this, we need to tackle one thing at a time. You tackling four things at once is making it difficult for me to <laughs> give a response. Well, that's what podcasts are, bro. I'm sorry that I'm not scripting this out. No, I know it's not scripted out, but I'm just saying like, okay, let's, let's focus on one thing at a time. So on the nose. Yes, I agree. Very on the nose. That, that wasn't really a negative for me because a lot of things are generally on the nose now. That's more of just mad yeah, things. It's just, a, just a fact of the movie. Yeah, that wasn't a good or bad thing. It's just, it's a thing. Uh, Zoe Kravitz's performance. Uh, now, the first time I watched it, I I did, like, because I remember the IG interview, or, like, the IG interviews, like, Zoe Kravitz and Paul Dano stole the show. And I was like, I didn't necessarily remember anything Zoe Kravitz did that stood out. She drinks milk because she's a cat. Very, okay. And leaves the I, fridge, leaves the fridge open <laughs> like a wild person. That would be the one thing that you point out because that's that is an incredibly minor scene. Um, but after rewatching it, I was like, okay, Zoe Kravitz does do a good job with what she's given. It's just I, the fatigue of the movie. Get I mean, not the fatigue, but like it is the midsection where she's given her chance to kind of get the spotlight, and then but it's just like okay, midsection is overcome by the beginning and the end a little bit, so it's easy to forget. As for the whole chemistry between her and Robert, Robert Battinson, I agree. <laughs> there wasn't too much. Um, I mean, you can account it to just two people that can't relate with anyone, just kind of find solace in each other. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make. I'm not gonna make connections that aren't really there. It was just okay. Yeah, it was. It was okay. It was just kind of like okay. <laughs> That's how yeah. I felt about it. Like it, while I was it, watching the movie, it was not strong enough to end the movie the way it did. Yeah, that that ending is like okay, great ending, guys. Sure, ended that one off strong. Like I said, I think there's something there if you like really look into it from a psychological kind of standpoint of like two people that feel like they can't relate with anybody or feel like loners. But it's it it like I said, the ending was too schmaltzy for that type of thing. Um, yeah. I, agree yeah, I think it really did some good things great um, and was groundbreaking in a lot of ways. But another gripe of mine was the cinematography. Like even you were saying how the shots were incredible. And I don't know if it was the movie theater I was at or what, but I could barely see a damn thing. I could barely hear a damn thing. Ooh, yeah, that sounds like a movie theater problem because uh, the first time I watched it in New York, sounded great the entire time. Second time I watched it, uh, not so much, which was disappointing because there was a few scenes where I really wanted the volume turned up a bit. Um, and then the movie looked good for the most part for every time I watched. So and I was like, for as dark as it was, like I was able to pick, yeah. make out things pretty easily. So that sounds like a theater thing, honestly. I don't know, but I, I did talk to Bria about it too. And she saw it in Austin and she was like, yeah, it, like it was, the movie's just super dark and, I couldn't see a damn thing. And that's how it was for me too. So I was like, what cinematography? <laughs> like I can't, unfortunately that's not something I can judge until like, I guess it comes out on HBO in like an, in, a, in like a month. 
Um, I think that was a bad, yeah, I honestly think that was a bad role on both you and your sister's part. Um, because when I watched it, I really didn't have a problem with dark movies and I've seen a lot of dark movies. Yeah. I mean, but it's just like, for me, there's a, there's a threshold. And I, like I said, I can't judge it yet because it was more than likely I'm thinking the theater screen, but as it stands, I can't give it a review on its cinematography at all, unfortunately, because it was almost impossible to see certain things happen when mm-hmm. I watched it. Um, yeah. But I do want to say the Penguin was a great. I think Penguin actually out, outshined Zoe Kravitz and Paul Dano. I um, fucking agree. I fucking think, Colin Farrell was so Farrell, good. I think his transformation and his acting is. It's so crazy that it's Colin Farrell because I had to look for him. It was. It I looked felt, like Robert De Niro more than Colin Farrell. I felt like the Lost Boys in Hook, where they're pulling uh, Robin Williams' skin back on his face, and they're like, "There you are, Peter." Like it took certain facial expressions and words for me to actually realize oh fuck that is colin farrell like so, wow yeah he i think colin farrell definitely was the standout of the entire movie i thought he was excellent uh and the they've been talking about making a hbo max show about the G- gcpd in which it also involves the penguin like rise of power and i would absolutely check that out just because i would love more of colin farrell's performance as a penguin yeah, I think they set the ground for like a really successful new Batman franchise of movies. Um, so I, I don't, I don't hate the movie. I just still prefer, as far as a Batman film goes, oh. Dark Knight still is like just absolutely hands down my it, favorite. I, th- I think the situation, um, and after I say this, we'll say our halftime little break. But I, I think the main situation for me is that. I am completely, com- like 100% completely disconnected from the Dark Knight trilogy or any other Batman thing. When I've had conversations with people and they bring up comparisons, I'm like, I honestly can't compare the two. I mean, aside from the origins and stuff like that, it's like they are completely different movies. And I see that. I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I understand 100% why comparisons would be made, you know, why expectations, like the whole cape thing can be made i get it but for me it's like i've liked batman for such a long time i've seen burton i've seen adam west i've seen the schumacher like i've seen batman change so many times that i'm able to disconnect each depiction apart from each other so i i went in with zero expectations about it and i came out identifying it completely separately from all other all other batman so if you ask me which one i like more nolan or the batman i like both of them I like them a lot. I can't say which one I like more. They're just different movies to me. No, I agree on that. I'm just, the only reason why I make a point of comparison is because I only think in terms of pace when I watch a movie. How, mm. how, how often, and like, yeah, the little gripes, I know you brought back up the fly suit and let me make something clear. I'm going to correct you a little bit. My only gripe from the small gripes i would say that's really that really put a bad taste in my mouth is the car chase scene and him blowing up a thousand people that's the only thing that i was like okay like that's just what the fuck you know we're not even gonna we're just gonna glance over that anyways the only reason why is because the pacing in dark knight starts strong the middle is strong and the ending is strong and that's what is it's just about a three-hour movie as well so my point of comparison only comes from Nolan's Dark Knight because it was not just a great Batman movie. It was a great movie. It was a great movie 
outside of the Batman universe. You can just watch The Dark Knight on its own, and it's a great film. I 100% so, agree. So I that's the only agree. reason why I compare it to the Batman, because the Batman is this film that you can watch on its own without any other Batman movies as, as pre-canon. So I, I'm not saying one is better than... Well, one's better than the other, in my opinion, yes. But it's more of what what accomplished the pace, the feel, and the intensity better. And in my opinion, it's still The Dark Knight. So The Dark... Christopher Nolan is a better... is a more experienced director, is what I want to say. He, yes. Christopher Nolan has had years directing before he did The Dark Knight. Whereas Matt Reeves, I, okay, I don't know Matt Reeves' directorial uh, experience off the top of my head. I know he did uh, the Planet of the Apes sequels, the second and third one. He didn't do the original one, uh, which those were very good movies. And uh, I don't want to put this up there because I, I really, at the end of the day, have no idea how much this, this may have affected it. But this movie was delayed because of COVID. Yes, Once again, twice. I, I have seen movies that have been affected by COVID, but I don't want to use that as any kind of context for this movie because at the end of the day, I still liked it. Um, but I, I, Nolan is definitely the better director. So when it comes to pacing, I will compare it at this situation, even though I just said I won't earlier. Yeah. Uh, yes, it is better pace. This movie though is more stylistic. Yes. For me. And you know, was I've talked about it multiple times, Zack Snyder, very stylistic, not my style. I don't like it, but I totally get people that do. This is my kind of style in a stylistic movie, the, so I do is, like it. This is the stylistic directional shift it needed, um, and I agree with that 100%. I think vibe-wise, it's incredible. And like I said, even the action scenes, like the hand-to-hand action scenes are great. The bomb going off in Batman's fa- face was great. Like it, I, it really did make me feel like scared for the villains because when Batman would show up, it was just such a dramatic thing you know um, yeah and the batmobile chase okay first of all can we just okay, I, can, I, we do, can we do our middle plug real real quick yeah go for it but okay, then I'll, guys, i will finish up with the batmobile i want to remind you guys to uh, go follow us on our different podcast platforms we are on apple podcasts we're on spotify we're all over the place so visit www.theemptyglasspodcast.com and that will help you get to all of our different sources, um, wherever you want to listen to us on, we are there. So yet again, that's www.theemptyglasspodcast.com. Yes. Good job, Stefan. Very proud of Thanks. you. So the Batmobile. Um, first off, I fucking love this Batmobile. I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, everyone likes the Tumblr and stuff like that. And the, and the Tim Burton Batmobile, which I love that one a lot. I like how just, this is basically a muscle car. The whole reveal of the Batmobile before your before the chase scene, whatever, was just really good, honestly. Like, yeah, it was fucking a little masturbatory, but at the same time, like, goddamn. Especially when you listen to it in a loud theater. I know I'm I've had my share of pissing on cars that make a lot of noises, but like I really fucking dug the intro of the Batmobile in this movie. Me too. I thought that was badass. And the Batmobile should be Especially in, I get this, you know, like I know his weapons are all prototype. It's prototype gadgets and, you know, goes back to the squirrel suit. But I think 
the Batman, the Batmobile should be one of the things that does not evolve so much. Maybe a little bit, but I would still like to see that body of the muscle car integrated, you know, or something. Um, something to remind us that it is still like it is the bat. Maybe by the next time they show it, it's going to be more Batmobile-y, but it is cool how prototype it was. And yeah, that jet engine on the back was just so fucking cool. Yeah, I, I dug it. And then the actual filming of the car chase, I was a little mixed on initially because when you think about it, it's like, okay, they're not doing it like the Tumblr from Batman Begins, for example, where it's a exterior camera shot following it at all times. It's a lot of zoom ins on the people driving. It's a lot of zoom ins on like the side or like the very back of the Batmobile. Like they put like a camera on the back. So it's... I think it was a way to get around the rainy weather or I, I'm not too sure. I would actually really enjoy to watch the behind the scenes to see why they made certain decisions, honestly. Um, but you know what I mean? Like when the, the actual car chase, when it happens, it's not a lot of exterior shots no. for full panning, but it it's done in a good way to make it suspenseful. It is. Uh, I don't know what it is about modern chase scenes, but they feel slow. And Batman's not the only movie to do this, unless you're Baby Driver. But but Batman did this, like, uh, the chase scenes that they had in Boba Fett were felt slow. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of some more fucking uh, comparisons. I can't really write out right now, but it, it, I, I don't know if it's something that has to do with the frame rate or what, but it's just something I've noticed is a lot of, a lot of modern movies, like, chase scenes just feel slow. So I agree with you on the Boba Fett one. The Boba Fett felt really slow. This one, though, felt intense it, it reminded me uh, talking about baby driver it kind of reminded me of an edgar wright thing where they use the quick succession of editing to not compensate in my opinion i don't i don't really feel like it was compensating as much as it increased the intensity because you know if you're it, up until the point where he the trucks start crashing and your thousand people die yeah the, the um, million up until of arkham city die <laughs> and batman goes to jail and that's how what it a ends. <laughs> up until that point i felt the chase scene was very realistic i thought like you know the penguin getting stopped by crashing yeah. into a car on oncoming traffic like up until that point very realistic so the fact that it was slower especially in rainy terrain rainy roads yeah, wet sense. roads it made sense so the quick editing i appreciated i thought it was fine the whole him jumping the trucks and the probably 10 people at max that died, not thousand. At least a couple <laughs> but yeah. hundred. At least a couple hundred. A gas tanker exploded, Matt. A couple hundred people probably died. If it, that okay. Have made it back. I'm going to sound like a complete hypocrite here uh, because I did not like the obvious deaths in Zack Snyder's Batman because he just has a fucking minigun on the front of his Batmobile. Right. Um, fucking it's a, like <sighs> there's certain things that movies can get away with Michael Keaton killed people Christian Bale as much as he talks about not killing people I'm sure there's a scene or two where they're like oh this person will never survive that whatever it's like you either nitpick so, is it you either nitpick none of the movies or you nitpick all of the movies and at that point it's just not fun like the, the Zack Snyder one, like I said, that one is impossible to ignore because he is actively firing a fucking minigun off his Batmobile and blowing up cars. Like, he is actively choosing to murder this one while this one is kind of like, uh, the Penguin started the crash and the Batman just survived it type situation. Like, it, it's just one of those things of like, yeah, it's a movie. 
yeah, I, and I hate to say that for sure. I really, I really do hate to say that because it makes me feel dirty. But it's like, whatever. Honestly, yeah. um, back to your, I agree. But it, back to your talking about how they didn't use as many exterior shots. Like I feel like it felt slow. It, it felt realistic up until that point. I completely agree with that too. Because yeah, it could be a little slower. It is raining outside, but maybe that is a side effect of the footage that they shot outside for the exterior and why they didn't use a whole lot of exterior shots in the first place. Cause maybe it was shot at a different frame rate. Maybe the stunt driver wasn't driving as fast as they wanted him to, but you like literally because of all the delays and the pandemic, that's why they couldn't get as many shots as they needed to. Maybe they had to wrap shooting early. I don't know. Yeah. But, well, the thing um, is, Oh, good. But, but that's, but that's where I feel like the chasing is slow is like when it's showing the exterior shots. But, um, and yeah, obviously it's just a movie. Like we're nitpicking, I'm nitpicking the shit out of it. Um, but I guess really my only reason why is because I had it hyped up so much in my head. I've been excited for this movie as long as it's been announced and you know, along with everybody, I'm sure you were just as excited and it's not, not like I didn't really. feel like it's not that I feel like it didn't pay off. I felt like it paid off in a lot of ways. It's just more that I felt like it was a lot of lost opportunity for something even greater than it was. And it's a great start and I love it, but it's definitely still just in my like, okay category as far as Batman movies go. Yeah. And that's, like I said, I get it. It's totally fine. Um, and for me, like I, I'm not like actively focusing on it, but like, I don't really get hyped for things anymore. I've just been burnt by Zack Snyder's movie, but and realistically just a whole bunch of disappointing things in general at a point it's like i was looking forward to this movie um in the fact that i like the director i like all the casting and stuff like that i thought everyone did a good job um and, but i was fully prepared for this movie to suck just in case like it so when i went into it i had legitimately zero expectations and it just turned out to be good uh it did a lot of nods to some of my favorite batman comics and i really appreciated that and for the car chase I, I liked it also because, um, kind of going back to it, it didn't really use any CGI. I'm sure it used CGI for the oncoming traffic, but it didn't really use any CGI until when the truck started blowing up. And at that point, it was very apparent because, of course, you don't want to have actual fucking trucks exploding in front of you. Um, but as a, as a whole, I just... I, I thought it was fine. I do think the probably Batman Begins chase scene was probably debatably better. <laughs> like, I, I think I think to the Dark Knight chase scene under the bridge, um, that was. But a great when you chase think scene. about that, it's like how much fucking money did he have? Like when you rewatch the Batman Begins, like this isn't a comparison thing as much as just thinking about Christopher Nolan. It's like how much fucking money was that man given? Because when you watch that shit, you see him like launching a tumbler off the roofs and shit. You're like. Because he did, he did that shit practically. He didn't yeah, use uh -huh. CGI for the most part because Christopher Nolan just doesn't like doing that. It's like, how is this man able to consolidate or use money in this specific way? Like that's that's what I'm saying. That's where like the experience of Christopher Nolan fucking overshadows it, and that's why comparing the Dark Knight and the Batman is like a losing battle because Christopher Nolan is a fucking phenomenal filmmaker and has been making some of the best hits, best sh things of the past few years. Like. Oh my god! I think it's because uh, he's more old school, and that's why he doesn't use as much CGI. And plus, like, um, just it was pre-pandemic; a lot of things were different. Closing off parts of the city was not unlike um, a lot of filmmakers to do that, so they could blow up big practicals and things. 
Um, yeah. And yeah, maybe the budget was higher uh, because it's just because the budget was higher. But the budget was pretty fucking substantial for this movie. Two hundred and fifty million. Oh, actually, three hundred million dollars in which it's made back more than half or more than double. Good. Um, but three hundred million dollars. And yes, that's that. I did enjoy that chase scene. Um, and I did like the time ramp, especially like when the Batmobile is airborne and comes down, goes slow to fast. That was fun. That. That you could tell was, I don't know about the fire, but the actual jump itself was done practically because right. the way it slams down on the ground is really satisfactory. Yeah, really cool, yeah. Um, but yeah, like the trucks laying out to perfectly make a ramp, like that's obviously CGI, like no doubt about it. Uh, that was it just, probably just, the most uh, like that was the most convenient yeah, out of the entire the movie. Most movie physics thing I have seen in a long fucking time. And that's, that's when like, that's why my brain goes to nitpicking other little quote unquote, more realistic aspects of the movie. Um, because it's like, you're going to do that to me, but not the other thing. And you know, it's, it's like, like you mentioned, it's, it's pointless and it's really dumb to try to compare because yeah, the Christopher Nolan movies are on just a different league. But it is good to at least just affirm, like, yes, the Christopher Nolan movies are on a different league. Like, it's just part of a, it's part of reviewing uh, a movies, especially a movie that's a part of a universe or a, a comic book. You know, like, we, we talk about The Amazing Spider-Man 2 versus No Way Home. And, yeah, they're completely different movies. Like, you shouldn't even really compare them, but they are both Spider-Man movies. And that's... You know, it feels like you a, can't help but do it. You just can't help but do it. That feels like a little different situation for me, honestly, just because they feel, I don't know, like this move, I think where the, the difference is for me for this one and Nolan was that Nolan was a Nolan movie that happened to star Batman, while this one was more of a depiction of Batman. Um, and I know that's a weird thing to say, but it's like, I mean, shit, like you can go back to our Star Wars things and the shoes on the other foot on that one where I'm nitpicky and then you're like, hey, it's fine, whatever. Like, yeah, it's the same thing. It's, I, I would I would disagree with that sentiment because The Dark Knight is unforgivably a Batman movie in every way. I, no, I mean, I'm it sorry. Batman, it is like right away, <laughs> like right after the intro scene, we get that amazing scene in the parking garage where Batman beats up his doubles. Also, I felt like this movie lacked comedy, which is fine. I'm kind of, I like, actually, that's fine. I've, I kind of enjoyed it. Um, I'm not saying it was wrong. The thumb was funny, you know, like it was a thumb drive. Ha <laughs> I like the dark humor in this. I, I thought there was a lot of dark, random tidbits of humor. Uh, granted, yeah, this is not a funny movie, but uh, I, I thought the thumb drive was funny. I thought a couple lines from Batman is like, oh, okay. Like, was, it kind of made me like, haha. But then also, most of the comedy probably comes from Colin Farrell. Yeah. It's like, do none of you, do none of you, no habla inglés. No habla español. Even the Riddler, I think, was accidentally funny for me a little bit. Especially when that's, he sings Ave Maria. He was just like accidentally funny. And that that's good. I just was like, you know, the couple of the jokes did not hit for me. You know, like especially Catwoman drinking the milk. He was just like, guys. Dude, that was so minor though. And you could probably put that towards a nod towards Michelle Pfeiffer doing but that. Like, but then she like her packs terms. her cat down into that little fucking compartment on her motorcycle and then closes it. We never talk about the cat. Did it die in there? It's her pet cat. She's taking it with her as she leaves. That's but like it's fine. the tiniest little fucking. She just puts. 
just packs this cat into the tiniest little compartment and leaves. And then what about the other cat? What about the other one? She had a bunch of strays. Like she may have just had one cat that was actually hers. That come on, dude. That is a very nitpicky thing. I know we're nitpicking, but I'm saying like that's come on. That's kind of like a come on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's weird. It's not. It's really not that weird. I don't I I can like I said I will get behind a lot of criticisms for that movie, but that's just such a whatever thing, honestly. <laughs> it's just like I'm a continuity hoe and. That's that has nothing movies. to do with continuity. The, it does when I, shove I guarantee, I guarantee you could go on Amazon and find a fucking thing for the side of the motorcycle to put your damn cat in. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sure I that's the thing. She would have done that and not just shoved him into this tiny little compartment that he obviously didn't fit in or whatever. He did. It, it did an exterior shot and you saw how fucking big it was. It was a side fucking panel. Like for the side so of her bike. Small and the shot immediately after that bitch is tiny. It's like, there's no way a cat would fit in there, but Okay. I'm just talking about continuity here. And like, that's just one of the things too. It's, it's it was, okay. This go ahead and put this as you need to watch the movie again, because after watching it twice, I did see that the compartment was big enough to fit a fucking cat. Okay, good. Or well, I paid attention enough the first time, but either way, the cat, <laughs> like the cat fit These are the small gripes, but it's like, it didn't hit the same for me. I felt like I'm not wearing hockey pants was funnier than everything that was in this movie. Hockey mask. No, I'm not wearing hockey pants. He says mask. He says pants, bro. He says, I'm not wearing a hockey mask. He says, does he really? I thought it was hockey pants. No. Hey, the Batman voice in this movie was a lot better. <laughs> it's hockey pants. It's it's actually hockey pads, but it sounds like pants. But it's, it's pads. He's, he says, I'm not wearing hockey pads, but it sounds like pants. Oh, and I thought he said mask. Okay, so we were both wrong. Ergo, the Batman voice in this one was better. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, Okay, so I want to talk about what was my least favorite scene and how it kind of got redeemed. Um, The Joker. Okay. So initially when I watched the movie... um, uh, spoiler alert, this entire fucking thing is a spoiler, so I don't really know what to say at this point. Uh, at the very end, after the Riddler's plans are foiled, he starts kind of like, oh, no. He starts crying in his cell, whatever. And then the guy from the side is like, hey, buddy, it's okay. We're just I'm the friends. Joker. I'm so obviously I'm the, the Joker, Joker, baby. <laughs> I'm the Joker, baby. That's what it okay. That's basically how the scene goes. At, when I saw that scene, I was like, God fucking damn it. Because... I'm so I'm getting really and I think a lot of people agree I'm getting burnt out on the Joker I think he's been depicted too many times I think Batman is one of the few superheroes that has a really interesting collection of bad guys uh, I would rather see a mister they talked like the director said like you'd love to do like a Mr. Freeze for a villain I'm like yes like I would love a redemption for him or Poison Ivy or the Court of Owls who have never been depicted and would fit beautifully in this world because the court of owls are like the illuminati of gotham for people who don't know so the illuminati and kind of conspiracy theory fits perfectly in this movie that is trying to bring out conspiracy so that's great do that um but i don't want another depiction of the joker and i was really kind of annoyed that they brought him up uh but today as of recording this and as we're live uh they released a deleted scene of batman 
interviewing the Joker, trying to get a kind of depiction on the Riddler. So a very Silence of the Lambs going to Hannibal Lecter for insight. And that scene I appreciated. I liked it. I And I would have liked that end scene that I didn't like initially more had that first scene been in there. But once again, it's already a three-hour movie, so I'm sure they cut it for good reason. Um, but had that been in there, I would have appreciated it more because Batman going to Arkham to consolidate with a bunch of his rogue gallery is very Batman-like. Uh, so I've, I would have been okay with it more. But at the same time, for the sequel... Please don't do the Joker. Do someone else. Yeah, I would have liked that interrogation scene over... I think they could have maybe cut out the scene where he just leads everybody out with the torch and they all wade through chest-high water. That's so dangerous. I disagree. Really? I, we're they, gonna... didn't, did they, they didn't feel trapped to me, bro. Like They didn't feel like they had just experienced a crazy thing. Like They were all just standing in the wreckage and just because he's like, come this way, they all come out. That's just the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. I okay, hold on. I have, I have things to talk about with the ending that are going to extend it. So before we get to that, I just, I, honestly, what did you feel I about wish, the Joker? I just wish they would have put that Joker scene, the deleted one, in instead of the tiki torch. Follow me. Everyone's going to be okay. We're in, we're in chest, say, we're in chest deep, waiting height water. Because I think I hated the Joker in the way that the movie's cut right now. It's like, why? I felt the same way. But if they would have at least had that interrogation scene, the deleted scene that they posted on YouTube today, instead of some of the ridiculous scenes, then they could have used it. And the and movie's already three hours. Like, what the fuck? Just add this other six-minute scene in there. Who cares? And I honestly, well, a lot of people, because they're already bitching about three hours, but <laughs> I didn't... I didn't dislike the performance of the Joker. Uh, no, not, not when I saw the interrogation scene, I didn't. Right, yeah, the interrogation scene is a good scene, is what I'm saying. But uh, I, I would actually be curious to see more of that Joker, uh, especially since it is kind of a different version. He has, like, facial deformities rather than throwing into a vat of acid or whatever. That's what yeah. the director said, is that he was born with it rather than being tossed into acid. Um. And yeah, I mean, once again, I would prefer anyone else but the Joker just to kind of keep things fresh. Fuck, give a whole movie to Colin Farrell. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, but it, it wasn't bad. I, I would be open to seeing more of him. Now, the ending. This is another thing I want to talk about because uh, I, I really like the ending because it does... Okay, first of all, the whole torch thing, it's a good shot, honestly. I like the shot a lot, so that, that does a lot for me. As for the whole waiting in water thing, it's like, it fucking cuts. It's it, it's edited. I mean, it, it cuts from like them being down there to being on the roof. Like Maybe he grappled each person up there. Who knows? I'm not going to make excuses for the movie or whatever like that. I just mean more so how they're literally just standing in the wreckage. Like There's people deep in the wreckage, and they're not trapped or pinned. He's not like helping people get unpinned from the wreckage. They're just standing in it. Like, no, yeah. It's like yeah. NPCs waiting for Batman. And that just felt ridiculous. And it could be one of the situations of they wouldn't know where to go. It was too dark without the torch. I don't know. Like I said, I'm not going to make excuses for it. If you didn't like the scene, I get it, but I happen to like it because for the, the main important thing it does for me was, uh, 
it was a depiction but the difference between Batman being a vigilante and Batman helping people. You know, Bat right. initially like Batman's excuse for coming back to Batman and uh, sorry, coming back to Gotham and being Batman, he says it's to help people, but it's all for fucking revenge. He wants revenge on the people that killed his parents. Like he wants his own validation and that's a lot where this movie starts off with you know it's a little on the nose but him saying he's vengeance and shit like that uh is a depiction of that whereas he you know by doing that by helping the people he discovers that you know he to help gotham he really needs to be there for them and that also for a sequel potential sequel will lead into probably a different portrayal of bruce wayne or a more accurate portrayal of bruce wayne of showing like okay to help gotham i need to dedicate not only batman but bruce wayne to helping people real quick can you explain the significance of the bad guy saying i am vengeance and why that made robert battinson feel so weird because that was just so weird to me i did not understand that at all yeah uh i can explain it because they fucking say it flat out which was a little weird but I mean, okay, so the whole narration thing is cheesy. I liked it. It was cheesy narration. Fuck, I, whatever, I'm down with it. But he, he basically says in the narration, like, you know, vengeance doesn't, doesn't heal the past. You know, he being vengeance, the bad guy being vengeance, it doesn't heal the past. And it was all, it, it, it is weird. It was very weird decision to put that there i will not lie like i'm uh, like what what was the significance what why did he react that way why did he seem so surprised that the well because why did the bad guy even say that it, the same reason batman said it like it's it's not a nod to what he previously said like in the world but basically batman said he's vengeance because that's just how he defines himself and then the bad guy also defined himself like that and then batman later you know, says out loud, like vengeance is not going to heal the past. Like you have to be more than vengeance. You have to be, you have to be more than just being angry at the past in order to change the future. Like I said, it, it was written very weird and yeah. unrealistically. Just like you're in the middle of a fight and you just got punched in the fucking gut and you're like to Batman. You're like, I'm vengeance. Like, what no, he was already fucking down for the count. Cause Batman fucking roided up on steroids and beat the shit out of him. Yeah. I was just like, that's so weird. I mean, the chances of him actually saying that's the guy who quoted saying he's vengeance earlier. Very unlikely, very corny. Uh, but we're also people who like the Sam Raimi corniness of Spider-Man. <laughs> so it's just like, okay. I, was it weird? Yes. Flat out, it was weird. Like, I will absolutely say that. But I'm like, okay. The, I'm just saying, I liked how Batman transitioned from being a guy all about vengeance to being someone who is trying to help people. I, I like the depiction of this movie because even in the in Christopher Nolan movies, he's just fucking Batman. The second he's Batman, he's just straight up Batman, like, done. Right. Whereas, whereas this one had a, a, a lot better transition, like I said, being amateurish, having prototype weapons, having a different viewpoint on what he thinks helping people is. I liked it. I, I thought this was a more, I thought this was a better origin of Batman, where Christopher Nolan was more of an origin of Bruce Wayne to Batman. Right. And then, uh, like I said, sequels. I would really enjoy a uh, Court of Owls sequel because I think the Court of Owls is a fucking cool villain that has not been depicted on screen yet. I would prefer if they were to pick an old Batman villain that already exists to do Mr. Freeze because Mr. Freeze is a fucking really cool, complicated villain that I would love to be flesh out more than just 
having Arnold Schwarzenegger play him in the shitty Batman Robin. Same for Poison Ivy. Yeah, um, they have a, a vast selection, thank God. They're not going to run out of villains anytime soon. So I'm with you on that. I would like to see another Bane maybe eventually because I did like um, the Tom Hardy Bane in the way that he was depicted, but I would like to see maybe a more big and scary Bane, maybe more like in the sense of like Kingpin from Daredevil, but that's a bad comparison, but you know what I'm saying? It's not bad. Um, that's a, that's a fair comparison. I've, I'm okay with Bane. I, of course, I would like to see another depiction of Bane as well, but um, Bane kind of got a redemption from the Joel Schumacher depiction. True. Yeah, he did. He did. It's kind of more time for Mr. Freeze would be kind of scary. Like if they could work that, into being a little horrifying than well mr freeze is fucking sad like it's almost shakespearean how tragic his character is um i know you weren't really you didn't really watch a lot of the batman animated series right no not really there's one episode that redefined mr freeze like entirely like before mr freeze was just some like joe schmo that stole from banks but like after the after the show had this episode with mr freeze the comic started writing him in this way the whole his wife in the tube, whatever Joel Schumacher took that because the show did it so well. If you're ever down, like I will absolutely, that's the, probably the number one episode I'd recommend because it's so excellent. And I would love that depiction or something in that kind of regard to be depicted because it's just so it's sad. He's a very empathetic character, like entirely. Yep. I, uh, uh, changing subjects because I guess I mean uh, wrapping up Batman. Let me just wrap up Batman. I I enjoyed it, even though I know I had small gripes. I doesn't still take away from the fact that I still think it was a good movie. Um, I'd give it a seven point five. I would maybe even try to give it somewhat close to an eight, but um, it just had a, enough little gripes for me to annoy me from a filmmaking perspective in some ways. But that's okay. I know that they'll probably make some adjustments in the future. I think Robert Robert Battenson is a great choice. And uh, another thing, another shout out to Andy Serkis. Um, Didn't get a lot of love in the movie, but he did a good enough job. He did. He did. He did a good job. And I liked his how his Alfred was a little more um, spry, young, kind of more of a parental figure, um, even though obviously that's not what Robert Battenson wants. It could be what he needs. So So, um, quick, quick, quick shout out to Christina Applegate. Who is she again? Nobody in the Batman. That's just a that's just an Eric Andre quote. Oh right. Well, I was gonna say uh, real quick about Alfred is like uh, someone also told me like, oh well, the scene between he and Alfred like in the in the hospital is like you know three hour movie and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, but it had to happen. You know, we need to know if Alfred lived. Well, no, not not only that, but like Alfred and Batman need to be on good terms. Like that's just. The scene had to happen, unfortunately. Uh, not unfortunately, but I thought it was an okay scene, but it, it was a lot of extra fluff to the movie. But uh, I recommend the movie a lot. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, from a filmmaking standpoint, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, like I've already made my comparisons to Christopher Nolan as a director, saying that Christopher Nolan is far more experienced and superior in a lot of ways. But I thought... A lot of it was well done. I'm very, very curious to, or I actually, I don't watch a lot of behind the scenes 
in movies, but I'm very curious to watch this one to see if COVID did affect certain things and certain pacings. Um, I, I think this movie may also be more digestible for people to watch at home since it's three hours, since it is a little bit longer, maybe more digestible to, you know, be able to take a piss break, stop halfway through. I don't know. I mean, certain people can binge watch five episodes of an hour long TV show, but when it comes to a movie at, at a movie theater, granted and movie theaters are not fun to sit through. I fucking hate movie theaters. Uh, but yeah, recommend it. Yep. Um, on another side of news here, right before we wrap the episode, uh, Halo came out today. Oh, the show? The show. Would you like, uh, would everybody in the Twitch chat like my Paramount login to watch it? Just kidding. But Matt, would you like to watch? Would you like my Paramount login so you can watch it? Um, I'll, okay, I will give the first episode a chance. I will watch it. Same. Uh, however, this is not going to be a weekly thing unless I really like the first episode. Um, I mean, what I mean by weekly thing is if you like it and you want to talk about it and you, you watch the episode, you want to talk about what happened. I'm more than happy to listen to you. Uh, you certainly listen to me jerk off Batman for the past hour and a half hour, hour. Um, <laughs> but I, no promises on my part that I will watch every single episode and have no, a No, for sure. I, I just, it would be interesting if we both watched the first episode. And yeah, I'll we can watch my, it and then talk about it next week. I'll give you my Paramount login after the stream. Sorry, guys. And if you're listening on other podcast apps, not this time, but um, I'm not going to plug Paramount either because their app sucks. So fuck you, Paramount. Get your shit and together. And don't have a large selection. Rob, did you die or something? Like you... He said still working on it and prototype gadgets and weapons and just died. He yeah, that was time. way earlier in the episode. I'm sure he's Audi 5000. He was like, man, these people don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, well, I was I was going to plug Robbie, but I don't think he's around anymore. But I mean, it doesn't matter. Episodes wrapping anyway. So, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm good unless you have anything else. Uh, I'm good, too. If anyone has any. uh comments on batman that they like to say i don't know if you can comment on twitch after the video is over but like our other podcasts you know are on different yeah. sites like spotify we're on, or whatever YouTube. we're on youtube also so if y'all wanted to like comment on youtube um and let us know what you thought about batman that'd be cool because we we always want to hear what you guys think too yeah uh that's all folks <laughs> That's all, folks. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to that uh, Empty Glass podcast. Remember, you guys can follow us at www.theemptyglasspodcast.com. That'll link you to all of our other places where you can listen to us for free. We're always a free podcast. We don't have any fucking subscription wall, paywall like Paramount Plus. Don't fucking yeah. buy Paramount Plus. Don't buy Paramount Plus. Yet again, don't buy Paramount Plus. And that's www.theemptyglasspodcast.com. And last of all, we'd like to thank our sponsor of not buying Paramount Plus. Paramount uh, Plus. Like, if you'd like to proceed <laughs> with not buying Paramount Plus, you can go to piratebay.com for further details. All right, guys. Have a good night.